And welcome back to the Film Slate Podcast, everybody. My name is Brandon Chi, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we're going to be talking about the 1988 classic, Heathers. Hey. Uh, but before we do any of that, uh, let's do the, the, the catch-up. Uh, ketchup, the mustard, uh, the, the mayonnaise, the relish, <laughs> the, the condiments. condiments. <laughs> that joke never gets fucking old. We haven't done that in like a few months now. Dude. It's been a while. Well, we can't keep reusing it. We have to yeah. let it like sit stale for a little bit yeah. before we re-soak it in water and bake it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, over, the, over the week, I, like I said, we were like, how have you been? I'm like, I've been miserable, but it's like self-imposed because right. I'm like doing it to myself. Yeah, what the hell have we been doing? Like uh, me and the lady were going on a trip to Miami on uh, September the 14th. So I'm like 30 days of like trying to eat clean right. and, you know, drink nothing but water and all that or whatever so I can look my best while in Miami and take pictures and be on the beach and all that stuff. <laughs> but it's like I've cut so many things from my diet. It's like it's I'm trying to find a way to uh, function. <laughs> you know, because I'm sober AF like, right, like yeah. for, for, for like weeks on end and it's just stringing together multiple days of no smoking, no drinking, no eating dairy, no carbs, like just so many things being taken away. And it's like, what can I do in order to be happy and like masturbate? You know, I can do that. <laughs> you know? But I can only take you so far. Yeah, yeah. And it's like usually sleep will be one of the things you can gain happiness from. But it's like you're so fucking hungry that you can't sleep. You know, and you can only masturbate so many times. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> your dick hurts after a while. Yeah. Yeah. But the, a good thing that did come of it. Um, I remember I talked on the podcast sometime before about a woman named Laura Vitale. Yeah. It's like whenever I whenever I'm like on these diets, I watch Laura Vitale's videos on YouTube as she's making all of this like uh, Italian food and like pastas and all this stuff or whatever. Is that what's replacing the porn when your dick doesn't work? Yeah, like, exactly. watch Laura yeah. I watch Laura Vitale videos on, on YouTube and watch her make all this pasta with so much cheese and pesto and breads and everything and butter. And I tweeted I tweeted that at her a couple of days ago while I was like suffering and miserable and she fucking retweeted it. Oh, really? I was like, oh, made my fucking life. Like I've, I've had retweets from people that I really fuck with but the Laura Vitale retweet, I'm like, you know what? That made the whole week, man. It was worth it. The whole week. It, all my suffering was 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 worth it. <laughs> what about you? Were you able to keep up with the the shit you were doing last week? I don't, I don't remember what the fuck I was doing last week. The, the, I have really bad memory. Fifteen hundred calories. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, um, I ended up going to the gym. I now have a training regimen that I start on Friday. Yeah. So, like, actually, my friend Lachey is here. She's mm -hmm. a big fan of the podcast. She came down from Seattle. We've been hanging out all day yesterday. I love Seattle. Yeah, fucking, I do too. Wow. Seattle is a it's fucking great. I yeah. want to go back to Seattle. Uh, so we hung out yesterday and like. Friday is the day when, when like, the actual training regimen stands. So, yesterday mm. was, like, my last send-off to, like... Mm. Like, I did it all throughout the week, and I mm. ate healthy throughout the week. Yeah. And yesterday, we went to, like, Benny's Pellerino's. Mm. And it's, like, right next to Amelie's. Oh, nice. And it's just, like, pizza's the size of your fucking face. Yes, love it. And we got one of every type of slice that they were selling. Nice. And we just shoved our faces. Oh, just God. fucking... Blah, I mean... fucking pizza. Generally, like, I great. probably don't need more information, yeah. but because of what I'm dealing with... <laughs> Internally, I need you to describe those pizzas. Well, let a me fucking tell me. you. Lachey was a fucking hero of last night. All right. We went to the place and we were just going to get a pie, but she was like, nah, fuck it. Let me get a slice of everything. So we yeah. got a slice of buffalo chicken pizza. Oh, yeah. We got a slice of macaroni and cheese pizza. Macaroni pizza? Yeah, macaroni fucking pizza. I've only seen that at CeCe's Pizza. Yeah, it wasn't no, good. that shit was tasty. Oh, CeCe's goodness. Pizza can suck a dick they compared sure can. to this one. All right. Uh, the macaroni was not bland. It was like well seasoned. They nice. know what they're fucking doing mm. to make macaroni work on top of pizza. Yes. I was pretty hesitant, All right. but it fucking worked. Uh, what was it? Orange cheese or white cheese? It was uh, it was it was orange cheese. Okay, all right. Yeah, it was all yellow, right. yellow mac and cheese. Yes. 
And uh, fucking, we got uh, sauce, sliced sausage. Okay. Which is sausage. a classic. Can oh never go God. wrong with that. Sausage. Pepperoni, another classic. Yes. Cheese, another classic. Yes. What kind of cheese? Uh, just, just regular just mozzarella. mozzarella okay. Cheese, okay. Yeah. But like their crust is like so buttery and oh. flaky. It's like you're eating a croissant pizza, mm-hmm. 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 and like you're eating this pizza and you just like fucking, fucking croissant. Yeah, it's just like. Oh, it is fucking delicious. And then we got a mushroom garlic pizza. Oh man! So I've just been shoving pizza in my face. M- mushroom flavor or like mushrooms actually on it? No mushrooms on it, and uh. then like but the mushrooms are coated in like garlic sauce. Ooh. And it's just like you think it, it not, it's not gonna taste of anything, but mm. it's like it was my favorite fucking pizza. Huh. It is tasty as shit. So if you're in Charlotte and mm. you ever want to get a delicious like fucking pizza yeah. that's bigger than your goddamn face, mm. go to Benny's Pellerinos. Benny's like, Pellerinos. Yeah, yeah, Pellerinos. It's uh right next to like the what's that brewery? The higher the Heist Brewery. Uh, I think so. Have you been there? Uh, I said it's in Noda though. I yeah, mean, yeah. I've been in the area, but I probably just looked over it. You know? Right, it's like right next door to the Heist Brewery, if anyone's interested. It is delicious. Holy nice. shit. I got to go there now. And like their pizza pies are like, they said like we were going to get a, p- a pie and the guy looked at us and was like, you know how big our fucking pizzas are? <laughs> it's just like, he what? said it like a fucking drug dealer. It's yeah, like, like, like what? Does he, you? Think, does he think that, that you wouldn't be able to handle? Like, let me go there and you tell me that I can't handle a pizza pie. They have a shirt that says, can you handle our 28 inches? <laughs> it's 28 inches? 20. It's a it, fucking is, is it big thin, pizza thin, pie. Thin or thick? It's it's pretty thin. Thin, okay. But like, it, there's so much of it. Like a New York slice, like bigger than your hand slices. Oh yeah. Oh, it, you need two plates to hold it. Otherwise, oh. your pizza would just like out of the plate. Oh yes. It is delicious. Oh my fucking greasy, God. greasy, greasy, oh. unhealthy for you. Yes. Like you eat it yes. and you want to like jerk off mm. to this pizza. It's Say it so slower. Yeah. Mushroom pizza. Oh yeah, man. So we've been doing that, but like now that was like the last end of I've shoved my face full of like unhealthy fucking fat fucking pizza. Yeah. And uh, tomorrow I started a training regimen like properly, but I've been cooking vegetarian. Nice. And uh, I, I like it. Uh, I mean, I like the vegetarian cooking. It's it's, it's interesting to make veg. That's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but I've been doing that. I watched the entire first season of Preacher. Preacher. That uh, that's the uh, Seth Rogen television show. Right. Uh, he's a producer of it. He's yeah. uh he directed the first episode too. Nice. Uh, I watched the shit out of that. It's good. It is so good. Wow. It is really good. I got, I got Hulu recently. Yeah. And uh, I said I'm gonna force myself to watch more telly. Okay. And I, I every episode is like a tiny little movie in like this like southeastern Texas town. Yeah. And it's just like ah, oh, it's so good. It's like if, if Firefly wasn't sci-fi. That's kind of what mm. it feels like. Mm. Uh, but it's 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 a delicious series. I watched oh, it all in two days, and it was great. Every episode's like an hour too. So oh, that's pretty great. Oh yeah. Uh, that's my kind of show. Yeah, really, like shows that are just like weird characters, like weird mm-hmm. bizarre shit. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it, it's good. I thoroughly recommend it. I'm gonna check that out. What did it come on originally? A and E or um, AMC? AMC. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Uh, and, and it definitely has that like sort. AMC has like a weird color palette. Mm. Every every one of their shows is like either green, yellowish, like a green yellow tint to them. Mm. It's definitely in that color palette. But okay. it, it, it looks gorgeous. It's like well written. Yeah. It's, it's a good fucking show, and I was surprised by it. I guess mean, I expected to turn it off like after the first episode. Oh well, yeah. yeah. I fucked with Seth Rogen, so I mean, I I assume it would be pretty good. It got good reviews too. So I mean, yeah, it did. And yeah. like the comedy and it, like you can tell that Seth Rogen's involved in a way. Yeah. It's, it's like comedic things that you would only find in his head. Yeah. But they're always taken seriously, and they always work with the tone of the show, mm-hmm. which I was worried about. Yeah. Like, there's a kid that tried to kill himself mm. uh, with a shotgun to the mouth, but mm. it didn't work. So now his mouth looks like an asshole. <laughs> 
Uh, what? Yeah, his mouth just looks like an asshole. Like he lost his jaw, so oh. now he just has like a like a hole. In oh, so wait, the, the the gun did go off. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He just yeah. didn't die. It just didn't die. Oh, okay. So now he he just has an ass face now, and like the, the they don't. They don't make an ass face joke in mm. the first two episodes this character shows up. Yeah. Because he wants you to make the joke first. <laughs> so you're forced, like, watching this guy. It's like, man, his face looks like an asshole. This makes you uncomfortable yeah. until you put the, the uncomfortability. Yeah. <laughs> and then Seth goes, like, he makes a joke about him being an ass face with yeah. the Irish character. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay, so it was on purpose. Good. I'm not the asshole. He wants you to feel like the asshole <laughs> yeah. in this situation. And I think it's funny. Like, little moments like that are really appreciated in the show. I, I would like to know, like, a person who is pushed to um, the point of suicide right. to where they're ready to take a shotgun to the, to the face mm-hmm. and wh- why how did their life get better after ha- shooting themselves in the face to where they just didn't try it again <laughs> you know because you shoot yourself in the face and now you have an ass face yeah. which is worse than your previous life it seems like hey just have a you know yeah just give it another go just give it another go man yeah <laughs> you know first you don't this time pun a little higher yeah gotta get back on that horse man <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought the same thing. But I, I, I like little subtle moments like that when like you as the audience have to feel like the asshole for making the joke and then yeah. they make the joke in the show. That was a pretty cool moment. Okay. And like the main character, and there's a, what's her name? It's Ruth Nega, I think. Mm. Uh, N-E-G-G-A, Ruth Nega. Ru- Ruth Nega? Yeah. I think uh, that's her name. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's her name. Yeah. Uh, she was in, in what, that, what was the movie with the interracial couple recently that came out? It was like an interracial <laughs> marriage. It's like in between love or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Uh, uh, she's she was she was recently loving? in theater. The movie what? Loving. Uh, yeah, in Loving, I think, or something like that. Okay. It was like a, 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 a white man and a black woman falling in love. Uh, yeah, it's called Loving. Yeah, she was in that, and okay. she's in the show too. And she is amazing. She looks gorgeous. She kicks ass. And then the main character, whose name I don't know, um, like the main the main actor, also mm. amazing cast. It was a good show. I okay. thoroughly recommend it. I fucking loved it. Oh yeah. Uh, I've I've been watching, as you could imagine, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah. <laughs> as you could imagine, um, Game of Thrones is pumped up to the to the limit now. Mm-hmm. Like uh, last week or the week before last, we got to see the dragons just go all the way out, oh, really? like full burn people the fuck up. Like it wasn't just like you get set on fire; like you're full full out incinerated. And I I didn't know that's what the dragons were going to do. You know, you it's, just get turned into ash. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you get set on fire. You run around. Oh, it's hot! It's hot! No, none of that. You're just incinerated to dust. Oh, you know? well, goddamn. Yeah. So um. That that episode happened. Uh, Jon Snow was uh, he got to touch one of the dragons. So now three people have touched a dragon. Um, uh, Tyrion has touched one. Uh, Jon Snow has touched one, and Daenerys has been. So when you one touch a, a dragon, are they like the dragon? So I was like, all right, you're cool. Is that uh, what that means? Kinda, yeah. Just because everybody's so intimidated by him and being killed by dragons, and then like, and no one b- believes in dragons for right. the most part in in this world. So if you go up to a dragon and aren't afraid to go touch one, it kind of says something about your character right. and the dragons. You know that allows you to come do it. You know. Okay. That makes sense. So these are the only three people that I've touched. So you got to assume that they'll be the three like final characters. So are they like? Uh, well, yeah. But besides that, uh, there's a theory that like mm-hmm. Tyrion and and Jon Snow are like are actually lineage from like Daenerys. Yeah. Is that the same. Okay. Yeah. They're, what they're saying that like we don't know for sure. Like they're giving us little pieces of the puzzle every now and again, and they have like a few of the episodes uh, scripts leaked, and I'm not reading shit right now. Yeah. Just I mean, I want I want to see it. There's only like two episodes left before yeah, the season's over. Well, the interesting thing is like despite the the, the leaks and shit, mm-hmm. the ratings have not suffered the least. Actually, sure not. one of the recent episodes got record breaking numbers for the wow. series. I can so see that. like the leaks are not fucking this up. So it means that the fans are loyal enough that it's like, nah, yeah. nah I'm gonna watch it. I mean, yeah, it's it's so much better than it's ever ever been in any season previously. Huh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh I, I saw 
<laughs> I saw a gif of like you know when the when Jon Snow meet I knew Jon Snow met the dragon because I saw a gif of it. Mm. But you know when like the donkey in Shrek also meets a dragon. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone put that scene like right next to each oh. other on a gif. <laughs> yeah, it is the exact same scene. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's fucking fantastic. There's a uh, there's a scene on there where they um, where John goes to meet uh, Khaleesi uh, Daenerys the uh, and, and and she's being announced. It was like yes, yeah, Khaleesi, the Stormborn, mother of dragons, the unburnt, the breaker of chains. Yeah, like just going through this whole <laughs> list of who she is, and then it's like um this this is Jon Snow. <laughs> like, what the fuck? He knows nothing. <laughs> it's like I, I, I'm a king. I don't know what I mean. <laughs> is he a king now? Yeah, he's a king. Oh, fuck king, yeah. king of the North, but he's not recognized by Khaleesi. Khaleesi is like I'm the king of the world, and I haven't decided that you're a king of the North. Right. So you know, what the fuck did Khaleesi turn into? Like the big dick mistake of the Game of Thrones. Uh, those dragons. Those dragons. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. You got dragons. You, you know? got dragons. You know. You kind of do whatever you want. So she's just going around telling everybody to bend the knee. That's been yeah. like the the phrase of the past three episodes bend the knee i know yeah. I've, i saw the memes about that oh yeah it's just, uh, game of thrones is weird because i don't watch game of thrones so yeah. all i get is like memes, memes and like, context clues yeah i'm just like oh this is silly yeah <laughs> yeah just for memes alone like what the fuck is this uh there there's a show called uh, i'm dying up here mm-hmm. on showtime it's about um it's about comedians and just their their matter of fact i talked about it a little bit before but um jim carrey is the producer of it right and it's like one of the most authentic shows to comedians that i think i've ever seen before what's it called I'm dying up here. I'm dying up here. Okay. Oh, it's all about bombing and shit like that. Is that, is that what it's um, about? Kind of like the, the 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 good and the bad and just getting up over and over and just no matter what happens type of stuff. But um, it's not getting uh, watched by people. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, kind of like the leftovers thing to where it's like, oh, this show is great. We're in season one by season three is gone. Like this show might be canceled next season. So I'm playing with people. If you're listening to the podcast, go watch I'm Dying Up Here so we can where watch the second season. Where is it? Showtime. Showtime? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I don't have cable, man. I mean, I don't either. So it's like my, my rating, I guess me watching it isn't even adding anything. No, no, it's to, not because you're watching it. Because right? I'm powering, I'm stealing the show. So right, they don't yeah. even know that I'm watching it. <laughs> <laughs> but but you listeners, if you have absolutely Showtime, yes, absolutely yes. watch I'm Dying Up Here so I can get another season. I mean, That's I'm, that's the interesting thing about like the current like entertainment climate. Just mm-hmm. because the cable's dying, yeah. Netflix and Hulu are taking like taking over that, that shit. Mm-hmm. So like ratings are naturally going to fall for television. So I feel like keeping the same standards that we had for telly. Mm-hmm. And like in the last ten years, it's like it's stupid. They, they uh, Mark Marin had that joke about um, it was like it's so many shows out. It's like, hey, have you seen Dumblefuck, Flop Flop? It's like, oh, oh, no, I haven't seen that. I never even heard of that. Where can I find it? And then it's like, oh, you can find it on blah 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 blah, like some bullshit, you know? It's like he not only has he not heard of the show, he's not even heard of the network that's providing the show. So you're mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? There's so many great things that you just can't fucking watch. Yeah, uh, I, I, I watch People of Earth. It's a uh, about people that have been abducted by aliens. Yeah, it's it's super weird. It's, it's about, the fucking uh. no. It's not. It's not like it's not like a alien truthers. Oh, like. okay, good. Uh. <laughs> not like. Oh, no, I remember. This is the show that inspired the anti-vaccine rant. I uh, think. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. That we were that we were talking about how this show came out like three, three or four episodes ago. Maybe like you put you put it on the list. I remember the okay. show now. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. People of Earth. Uh, it's 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 about uh, people that are being abducted by. It's, it's like a sitcom television show. Okay, good. But people are abducted by aliens, and they come back down, and they talk about the things that happened to them while they were were abducted. It's a comedy. It's it's funny enough to to get you through the day if you don't have a life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and lastly, I, I rewatched all of uh, Star Trek: Next Generation. All of it. Every single episode. Isn't there like seven seasons, twenty six episodes per season? God damn. Yeah, I did that's that. a lot of Star Trek. I did that. That's a lot of uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, it was it was it was cool. I mean, I still prefer um, if if I mean, I don't. You're not. Are you a Trekkie at all? Not really. I I appreciate the show, but I, yeah. I'm not a fan. I, I still prefer like uh, Star Trek Voyager and Star Trek Enterprise over Star That's, Trek Next uh, Generation. Shatner, right? Uh, that that the original series was Shatner, the very first okay. one. Uh, the one I'm thinking about, there was a uh, a woman named uh, Jane. Mm-hmm. Fuck, Jane something. But she was actually the only woman that was a captain of one of the Star Trek vessels. Oh, cool. And it was a very good take on it. But now, but anyway, the reason I brought that up is because every time I've gone to the movies, they're showing television trailers for the new Star Trek television show that's going to be on CBS. Yeah. I mean, it's a black woman captain. So I'm like, nobody is watching network television like yeah. at all. But CBS is the first network to have Star Trek back in the 70s or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, regardless of people are watching the show or not, that it'll get three, four, five seasons. I'm I hoping. hope so, yeah. I hope. That'll be interesting. Yeah. That's like, uh, before we cut, like... I don't know. I don't. I don't want to talk about it too much. But like the. the oh the, goodness, no. No, no. <laughs> like we were having a good time. We were having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, I just uh, fucking Trump, man. All right, let's get all the way into Trump, it then. This, fucking, is gonna, this is gonna take a while. Donald, I have a lot of opinions on this. It's it, it, it's insane. First of all, we oh, we had literal fucking Nazis yes. walk around in Charlottesville, Virginia, mm-hmm. which is already fucking bad, bad enough. Yes. And then we're like we're in like in, in conflict with North Korea. Mm. And so, like, they're threatening to shoot, like, nuclear that, shit at us, which not I'm real. not scared of. No, the, I, don't, I, don't even, I, don't, I don't even want to hear the word Korea. Like, yeah, that's, right? that's bullshit. I'm fucking done with it. Yes. Uh, but it's been eight months into the presidency. Mm. Fucking Nazis. Yes. Nuclear conflict, and, like, the threat of nuclear conflict imminent. No. The fucking entire GOP is falling apart. Yes. Because Donald Trump gave two fucking speeches. He gave three speeches, technically, mm. I think. Mm. The first one was like, there's violence on many sides, that bullshit that he said. Mm. And then after that, he clearly denounced the KKK and like by name just due to media pressure Mm -hmm. and then he had another he went off script for another speech where he said well the other side was also charging at us Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know he actually had a freudian slip and he said the the other side was charging at At us us. and then it's like i'm sorry at the people that were there in the rally so like not only is like that we have actual nazis walking around and this is what i meant when I wrote an article a long time ago during the Trump presidency that, like, Trump's presidency might not... Trump might not be dangerous, but his mm. ideology is. Mm. And it's because of this, because these people feel fucking validated mm. now to shout these ideas. And we've got a president that's, by all intents and purposes, mm. you know, fucking defending them and, like, allowing this rhetoric to stand. Mm. And, like, people want to label, like, Black Lives Matter as hate groups now. And, like, mm. it's just, like, the racial tensions of the country are absolutely fucked up. And, like, after Virginia, you can definitely feel how scared people are mm. about a giant conflict in the scale of, you know, in, in the scale of what would happen in Charlottesville, Virginia, in mm. a lot of places. Yeah. And that shit is terrifying. It is absolutely fucking terrifying. And, like, I wish I, I, wish I could make a joke out of it, but it's so hard to make a joke out of something that's, like, so disheartenedly sad. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, um, it's been something that's been boiling up in yeah. America for quite some time. Like, I can't put the full onus on on Trump, mm-hmm. but like you said, he is, like, the poster child for, for right. racism and intolerance and, and hate and, and things of that nature. But um, it, it, it was something that's been going on, and it's been, like, the, the people that were marching at that Charlottesville uh, rally mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call that, they were those people before last year. Oh, no, absolutely. Know? And before the year before and the year before, and there will still be some of those people four years from now if Trump is gone, you yeah. know, hopefully. But it's, it, it, like, what, what, what what made me what hurt me really 
um, I, I was I was raised in, in a city, a town called Mount Holly in Mount Holly, North Carolina, about 20 minutes away from here. Right. And there were KKK rallies like when I was five, six and seven years old that would go right around in the town. And right. I lived with my grandmother at the time and she just I couldn't go outside, right, yeah. you know, as we were uh, marching through the streets and through downtown on Main Street. And it, it was, it, but they, but they all had like it was all very uniform. It was like um, militarized almost. Right. They're all in, in in files of a line. It's all very organized, and they're all wearing these white sheets and hoods and everything. And it's just I didn't really understand at the time, but just like as a kid, I'm like, they're telling me that they're racist and they don't like me because the color of my skin. Right. You know, but you're also covering your face up while you're saying it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's. Uh, it, it's it's like inside of me. It's like I know that no matter how you say that you you feel, you're ashamed of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if if you can't, if you have to hide behind, or at a the very least, afraid hood, of the consequences, or, or, or afraid of the consequence yeah. that could happen because of the things that you're saying and the hate that you're saying. You know, so it's just that 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 kind of helped me along th- to get to adulthood to just it made me think that people know the difference between right and wrong right some people just you know are grew grew up in a weird different society to where they think certain ways are the way that they're supposed to be right. you know but when i seen charlottesville and people marching with no hoods nothing covering their faces taking pictures and streaming themselves in yeah. this rally it's, it's just like there's no fear of losing their job come Monday. Nope. There's no fear of any kind of retaliation. I mean, it's just it's just blatant hate, and it's, it's saddening. Yeah, it's sad, and, and it's painful to a degree. Just like it, it, it's, it, it's, it's a fucked up situation. It, it, it really is. And I know that, like, the tensions, have, it, it's been building up consistently mm. over the years, but, like, it's the thing that Trump's presidency has validated a lot of these feelings. It was going to happen. Yeah, you know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like one of those destroy and rebuild people. Mm-hmm. Like I would rather have a confrontation immediately than let something linger on and bubble over. It's kind of like a relationship that has to end. Right. Like you can try to make it work for as long as you want to, but you know, at some point you're going to get to that point to where you got to deal with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Trump's presidency got us to the point like 15 years faster than we would have gotten there. Right. He's yeah. like, oh nope, now we got to deal with this. We got actual Nazis inside of America. Yeah. We got Nazi America now. <laughs> you know, it's just he, he. It's like a fucking. It's like a fucking like parallel universe sci-fi book yeah. shit man like like a, like if nazis had won the war like nazi america <laughs> you yeah. know like we have a like fucking swastika in place of the 50 stars yeah. it's fucking bizarre it was it was odd to me that i was i was seeing um the white nationalists they were asking for tolerance R- right that, that was odd for me like you, the fuck? You, you want me to tolerate your bigotry and racism nah that's that's to be tolerated it's like I'm, I'm asking you to tolerate me being who I am. Be right. my, I want to be myself, and I'm not hurting you or you know saying anything negative about anyone else whatsoever. I'm saying let me be me, and I'll let you be you. But what you're doing is not you know letting me be me. You're saying fuck you, get out of here. What, what was the thing that they were chanting? Um, uh, you will, will not, not replace, replace us. us. Yeah. Who? What? No one's trying to replace you, mate. We're just trying to live. <laughs> You know, like, we're just trying to like coexist peacefully yeah. in this, and like I, 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 I don't understand this idea of like like the idea of like white oppression, mm. uh, or, or like at least in the in the way that they they express the idea of white oppression, which is like everyone's like against us, everyone's attacking us, mm. we have to be like guilty for being white. And I was like, no, 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 you don't have to be guilty for being white. We're not trying to make you feel guilty for being white. Mm. We just want you to recognize that 
systematically there's there's been a system of oppression against people that are not white. Yeah. And you need to recognize that. We're not asking to replace you. No. We're not asking, you know, f- to like put you at the bottom of the food chain. Mm. We just want you at the same level of the food chain. Yeah. <laughs> and like it, it's 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 fucked up. It's sad. Charlottesville, Virginia was was incredibly, you know, upsetting to watch in the news. Yeah. I was completely unaware of it for like three at the four hours before while it was happening, mm. and I just logged on Twitter and I see all this shit going crazy, and it was fucking sad. Yeah, and like, but it, it, the one good thing that came out of it is like I saw a meme that made me laugh really hard. Mm. It was just like resolutions for 2016. It's like uh, lose weight, and then resolutions for 2017. It's like a hundred Nazi scalps. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, that was a meme that came out of the whole situation. I it, guess there was a the thing that well, what I remember talking about before uh, Trump got got elected is um, how we're going to just keep seeing these one eighty shifts, it, right? You know, and that's that's an unfortunate thing as well. You know, because no one is willing to compromise, no one is willing to see the other person's side, right? You know, because of what the right is doing is like that is so far wrong that I don't even want to look at the things that you might be saying that make some sense mm-hmm. because you're doing this crazy shit and the left you know the right is saying I don't you're the left you're going so far left I can't this isn't this isn't with what America was founded upon right. I'm not going to listen to anything you have to say so instead of any comp- compromise being made we're just going to um, elect Obama then we're going to elect a 180 of that in Trump then yeah. we're going to elect a 180 in that in like a guy like uh, Bernie Sanders right. then we're going to elect a 180 of that in fucking uh, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> you, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just going to keep going back and forth, back and forth. Who Power, power, power. You can have what you want for four years. You can have what you want for four years. And at some point, it's going to get very destructive. Yeah, and, and that's absolutely right. Like, that's been the pattern for, like, the presidencies. Like, more, more often than now, we see that 180 shift. And, yeah. Like, that's a study that they actually did improve. And, and it's just getting more extreme now. Yeah. Like, as, as the time has gone on, those shifts have been getting more and more extreme. It's, it's, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's, it's a sad state of affairs. And, like, but and here's the thing. Like, I, I get that... Uh, there's a, there's the idea that violence can breed like can only breed more violence mm. in situations like this. I'm always conflicted because mm. I was like, I I get that we should have a dialogue about this and we should get to a point where we can all talk. Yeah. But also, I don't feel bad about punching a Nazi in the face. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it just if you punch a Nazi in the face, it justifies their feelings though. It validates. Right, them. right. That's what I'm saying. It's like if they be like, um, all niggers are just violent and they they're not super intelligent. And then I go up and I'll punch me like, fuck you, white person. And right. then go they go back and be like, yeah, I just got punched in the face by a monkey. Boogity boo. You know, and just like it's just gonna justify their reasons to be a Nazi even Absol- more. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's my conflict. Cause yeah. like 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 if I, if I ever saw in a situation where I stumble into someone like spouting that bullshit out of their mouth, yeah, uh, it's gonna be very difficult for me to like really like not react emotionally to it and not kick a dude in the face. I mean, like it's, punch a Nazi in the face. Yeah, and it's just like and it's a it's a weird idea because like one part of me is just like yeah I have the dialogue. The other part of me is like absolutely don't listen to them. Yeah. Don't even like. Don't even validate what they're saying with yeah. a, an emo, like an intellectual response. It's like that. That I mean, all of that negativity is internal. You know, yeah. anybody that's um, voicing anything negative is coming from a place within themselves. They're 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 not satisfied with themselves. They don't like themselves, yep. and then that's projected onto the world. So I'm like, if you if if you're if you hate me and you've never met me, you haven't taken time to sit down with me. That has nothing to do with me. Then right. You know, that's 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 you as a person. So. That's as a person. A- anyway, the, the reason I want to bring it up is like it, it, we have to constantly talk about this stuff. We can't let them slide out of the news and like not be aware of what's happening. Like, what's going to happen? We're going to have another story in two weeks, and then Charlottesville is going to be absolutely forgotten. Uh, I, I don't think we should we should let that happen. Which is kind of why I wanted to to talk about it and keep the conversation going. But like, it, it's one of those things, man. Like, if you're a person like a minority in any way, and you're being discriminated against by this like large groups, 
Like, I know the temptation is to just like, ah, we should be able to hit Nazis and not feel anything like that. But mm-hmm. I, I, I think really we need to like stick together as like a group of people and mm-hmm. then like genuinely try to tackle the core of the issue instead of just like go into the protest and fucking the protest stop and like inciting yeah. more violence, I think. Yeah. And like, I make a lot of jokes about like, ah, maybe we should just hit Nazis. Maybe if our society for like five minutes, we all just decided to look the other way. Mm-hmm. We can get rid of them. I make, the, I make a lot of those jokes. Yeah. But in, in reality, we need to. We need to stick together and yeah. like react intelligently and not emotionally towards this shit, yep. uh, which is sad. But on, on that note, yeah, uh, we're going to talk Heathers, uh, 1988, once we cut, uh, once we come back on the break. You know the fucking deal. Music's going to come on and then we're going to talk Heathers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cool. And welcome back. We're going to talk uh, Heathers. Oh, yeah. 1988. Let's uh, do a rundown. Guilty Pleasures. Guilty fucking Pleasures. Heathers. It's a uh, 1988 movie rated R. It's listed as a drama teen film. It's one hour and 43 minutes. Uh, The rundown is, in order to get out of the snobby clique that is destroying her good girl reputation, an intelligent teen teams up with a dark sociopath in a plot to kill the cool kids. Uh, the writer is Daniel uh, Waters. The director is Michael Lehman. It stars Winona Ryder as Veronica, Christian Slater as JD, Shannon Darty as Heather Duke, uh, Lisa Ann Falk as Heather McNamara, Kim Walker as Heather Chandler. She was the lead of the blonde that died at the beginning of the movie. Right. And the, na- the name, she wasn't even a star, but I just like the name Martha Dump Truck. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. she's not even a star of it, but it's that, that name just like Martha she, Dump Truck. Martha Dump Truck. Like, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was at the running. Yeah, yeah. Okay, pretty good. Uh, this is so. Last last episode, we talked about Criterion movies mm-hmm. and, and my gripe with them. Yes, this is a movie that I think like it's a guilty pleasure in mm-hmm. a way, but it's also such a good movie that I genuinely think it should be in the Criterion collection. This is the kind of movie that I want in Criterion collections: movies that have something to say, movies that are fun to watch and engaging. Maybe it doesn't deserve the label of Criterion collection. But this is the type of movie that I want in that collection. I, I wish you, yeah. you could see. You could have seen. Like yeah. I don't know if my eyes expressed what was literally going on. Like I judged you like four or five times. Yep. Then I thought about like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this movie's this movie has been like recognized as one of the like, the best teen dark comedies of all time. Yes, like it's I mean, fantastic. No, it's, it's, re- it's really really good. I mean, I don't want to bash it because I mean yeah. I like the movie too. It right. was just like wow, that's the I I wasn't gonna go that far. Criterion yeah. shit. <laughs> a, but the, uh, maybe not this movie specifically, but like this is the type of movie that I want in the collection. Like not the not the pseudo philosophical things. I want the movies that have something to say. That's very obviously yes. I'm gonna say. Are you a that's fan of um of like abstract art? Not necessarily. That's what it's like. Those, those yeah. are like the things that you're gonna get in Criterion collections. Right. Things that aren't explained to you. The things that you have to take something from and lingers with you. And this isn't one of those movies that really linger. It doesn't have. What well, does it does have a message? It definitely has a message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's not something that lingers with me the way that a Criterion would. But like I said, I want to I want to get back on loving this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a For fucking sure. great film. You know. Uh, uh you want to go ahead? Oh uh, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, the way that we we open up the movie, uh, we see uh, Shannon Doherty, one of or three Heather's. They're sitting there and they're playing uh, croquet. Croquet. Yeah, and um. What, what, what movie, what, what song does it start off with? It starts off with Que Sera Sera. It starts <laughs> off with the same song that it ends with, Que Sera Sera. And uh, they're playing croquet, and we see um, red is like a very prominent color that they keep showing uh, you at the beginning. The, right. first, the first thing they open with is a, uh, a shot of a red, uh, a red bow inside Heather's hair. And then we pan down, and then we see a red ball for the, the red croquet. And throughout the movie, the red is supposed to be a symbolism of the power. Right. Whoever has that red is a person, you know, in control or powerful at the time or whatever. But um, so we see them playing croquet, and then we see one on a rider completely buried in in the ground with her head sticking 
out of the grass, <laughs> you know, um, basically kind of being um, initiated into the, the Heather society. Right. Yeah, you know, the very beginning of the movie. Which is, uh, I watched this movie twice, and mm. like a lot of those like tiny little like meanings, yeah. uh, I, I just kind of like, I, the first time I was like, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. But now it, the second time I was just like, oh, that, that makes sense. Yeah, it's like, like not, yeah. And, and it's like, I, I like the idea, we've talked about it a few times now, it's like about um, the way that it felt more so than the way that it was. Right. You know, so that, that was her first day or first week or whatever, she just moved into the area right. and we see them for the first time. In reality, it could have just been them out there playing croquet and three other girls are making her to feel less than. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but in reality, the way that she feels is she's beneath them, she's in the ground, you know, and that's what we visually get to see how she's you know feels so and, and that's that's the thing I love about this movie. It starts out as a pretty normal teen movie, mm. like but then it starts edging more and more into the surrealist. Uh, I, I was getting David Lynch from that from yeah, the, yeah, yeah. from the beginning because you get the K Sarah Sarah and it's all happy and this green uh, grass everywhere and everyone's very dressed up and nice and everything's elegant right. and then you get to see a girl that's buried with only her head up and it's like what the fuck <laughs> you know you just get like a complete contrast of what that was before you know yeah, it just absolutely. tears everything down and 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 I think and and that's honestly why I think this movie is is great I think the directing. And like the dialogue of the movie, all like it's satire to the point of like this is true mm. social satire yeah. about like a, 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 a conduct that people do all the yeah. time. Yeah. And it, it's it's rebellious. It has a sort of a message of rebelliousness. Mm. But at the same time, the movie does have that weird contrasting sort of like this isn't real, but this is exactly what this feels like. Yeah. And this is why the imagery is so bizarre mm-hmm. and like all the guilt of this imagery. So like anyway, the point of the movie is like uh, after the she gets in. in Initiated into the head of society, mm. she starts going to high school with these people. She's yeah. part of the group now, yeah. and then uh, she realizes how much she hates these fucking stuck-up bitches. But, well, a little like I mean, I want to point yeah. out the the Martha Dump Truck thing. Martha Dump Truck, because there, there's a few things. Because like I, I have a problem with um, well, I did have a problem with Winona Ryder's character um, mm-hmm. uh, Veronica um, from years back. I always thought she was a super me- mega bitch, right. and if anything, that she was using. Um, the sociopath Christian Slater JD as her manic pixie dream boy <laughs> type, <laughs> type of uh, thing to, to lead her character uh, on. So um, at the so I was trying to pick apart her character on my second time watching it too. So at the when they, we're in the side of the cafeteria and uh, Heather is telling her, "Hey, you need to write this letter to uh, to Martha Dump Truck." And then she she you see that that Veronica has a conscience. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. she's just like, "Well, I don't know if I want to do that, you know, but I do want to be a part of this clique." And she was be like, cool. "I have nothing against Martha Dump Truck." Yeah. that was her phrasing. Yeah, like she she wants to be popular and cool but she's like I don't have anything against Martha Dump Trucks like you don't have anything for her either you right. know and so you might as well just do it so she so Heather tells uh, Shannon Doherty the other hair the, <laughs> the brunette Heather to bend over so Veronica can write on her back having there been in a cafeteria full of tables by the way yeah yes it's just, that's just demonstrating how much power that this Heather has within this school and her clique right you know it's like bend over she's gonna write on your fucking back Heather <laughs> you know so um so she, she writes a note and then gives it to another Heather and then that Heather puts it on Martha Dump Truck's tray as she's going to go sit down. And as it's happening, like the other three Heathers, they're like happy and can't wait to see what happened. And you see Winona Ryder's eyes just like, fuck, like, why did I do that? I'm a right. shitty person. And uh, Martha, she reads the letter. We never really know what the letter says so much. But, um, but you know it's supposed to be a letter saying that the football jocks are interested in Martha. Right. So Martha reads it, and she's like, oh, shit, you know, for no reason at all, the football players like me. <laughs> so, so she decided to take that letter and go over to the, the football table and was like, hey, you gave me this letter. What's good? You trying to fuck? <laughs> you know, anyway, he reads it, and he responds the way that he will respond. Yeah, he's he like, laughs. He laughs his fucking head off, passes the letter around the table, and everybody, like, 
agrees to laugh at her away, or laugh yeah. her out of the cafeteria. Right. So she's just super depressed while while Winona Ryder's character is looking on and realizing uh, what she just did. Yeah. Right, and that's also a few interesting shots because that's the first time we meet Christian Slater's character. Yep. They don't even know, show who he is before mm-hmm. this moment, but we can. He makes eye contact with Winona Ryder's character mm-hmm. as this whole thing is happening, and we see the face of disgust that he has. He's like, "Oh, this fucking bitch." Yeah. And, yeah. and like, and that 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 combined with the guilt that she has for for Martha Dumptruck, mm-hmm. it's like I think what sets up her searching him out. Mm. Afterwards, because he was the first person that made eye contact that also disapproved. Yeah, so she was like, "Ah, oh, fuck! I gotta talk to that guy." I, I was thinking that we worked both ways with yeah. uh, him seeing that she was willing to be a little more underhanded and do things that um, you typically wouldn't. With him being a sociopath, right? Who was like, "Hey, maybe we can kind of click up a little bit." Yeah, you know, I think they seen different things in each other, but it, they came together for it. But the uh, the first thing that he says, uh, she says to him is, um, "You you inherit." It's, it's a very, she's like, "It's a stupid question." He was like, "There's no such thing as stupid questions." <laughs> so she's like, "Okay, you inherit five million dollars the same day that aliens land on Earth, and they say they're going to blow it up in two days. What do you do?" He was like, "That that is a stupid fucking question." <laughs> He's like, "What do you do? You got." Five million dollars in the world, so over in two days. Like, what the fuck does yeah, it matter? Whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna matter. So, uh, but yeah, that's that was their, their first interaction uh, meeting in that cafeteria. Right. Uh, before we go on talking anymore, can I just say how much? Like, I know that Christian Slater's character is meant to be the psycho thing, whatever. Yeah. But Christian Slater has an intense fucking face. Oh yeah. And an intense way of fucking talking. Oh yeah. And he's he's sort of like like if if Heath Ledger hadn't been the Joker, mm. I can totally see Christian Slater getting that persona. Okay. You know, like he's, yeah. he definitely has like a Heath Ledger Joker persona the entire time. Yeah, and and it's it's creepy, but it's also really charming. It's like the way he talks. He like climbs on her window at night. Yeah, and it's like dreadful etiquette. I'm sorry. You know, it's yeah. just like that whole sort of like graspy voice, charming bad mm-hmm. boy personality. Like I understand why a lot of women wanted to fuck Christian Slater back in the eighties. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like I totally get it. Yeah. I, I just love Christian Slater. He was dope. Movie. He's definitely dope. So fucking cool. There, there was a uh, after after that. Um, what was it? Um, the head Heather got um, got Veronica into a party. Yes, it was like a super cool party, or whatever. To where there was a high, uh, not high school, uh, college people, mm-hmm. and uh, she was like, she was happy to go. But by the time she got there, she's like, it's just guys that's trying to fuck her and um, alcohol everywhere, whatever. So one guy, he's uh, he's trying to smash, and then she's like, nah, I'm not, I'm not really about it. You know, I'm not about it. And then he's like, nah, but you is, though. Yeah. <laughs> and then she stands up from, from, the, uh, from the couch. And she's like, you know what? I got a whole speech plan for guys exactly like you. And he's like, you know what? Just save the speech. If you ain't trying to smash, like, just go on. Save the, his <laughs> save the speech from Malcolm, Malcolm X. X yeah. yeah. He was like, just save the speech, you know? Like, get the fuck out of here. She's like, you know what? I will get the fuck out of here. And she yeah, does. You don't deserve my fucking speech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All paraphrase. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so she leaves out, and she, uh, she, finds, she finds Heather. Oh, oh in the meantime, well, Heather, at this point, she She's, uh, she's inside the room with um, some 20-something-year-old yeah. guy or whatever. And uh, he's just, like, giving her all kind of praise. Like, yeah, I like you so much. I just need you. She's like, no, just slow it down just a little bit. It was like, no, no. It's like, you're so beautiful that I can't control myself. You right. know, just got to do something. And then my favorite scene of the movie is she bends down to start giving him a hand uh, well, uh, a, a blowjob. Yeah. And you hear the zipper unzip. And then the, the screen pans up to a guy being blown away. 
Did you see that picture? I missed that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a picture of a guy sitting down, and there's a fan that's blowing wind on him, <laughs> and there's air going all the way back here. It's just a symbolism of him being blown away, just panning right up that's to hilarious. it. I was like, nice. I did not cash out the first time. That was awesome. But um, so that, that happens, and now um, why don't interrupt Veronica? She's looking around in the party trying to find Heather. She finds her, and she was like, yo, can we jam? Can we get up out of here now? Right. She's like, hell no. I just got you into one of the coolest parties you know, that you would have ever been invited to. It's like, no, we ain't going nowhere. So she promptly throws up. <laughs> You know, right there in the middle of the hallway. And the thing is, like, nobody even notices. Like, yeah, nobody, nobody cares. cares. It's a party. It's like when they got there, they was like, hey, girls, how you doing? Throw your jackets on the floor. Yeah. It was like one of those kind of parties. Like, nobody gives a shit. It's grungy, you know, dingy <laughs> type of party or whatever. She she throws up and is ready to leave. And um, and Heather was like, you know what? I'm going to tell everybody you threw up. If you ain't fucking with me, if you're going to leave the party and, you know, you're not trying to be cool, you're not trying to do what I tell you to do, then shit, I'll tell everybody at the party that you threw up. You're going to have to transfer schools. Ain't nobody going to fuck with you. What's good now? Right. You know. I, I love this interpretation of, of the conflict of this movie. This, this is what it's movies sound like in my head. It's <laughs> 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 good. Let's get the fuck up out of here. <laughs> get the fuck up out of here. She was like, nah, son. <laughs> well, I know the writer did not say that. <laughs> but, um. I would love if she did. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Um, I think like okay, so this is the point now with Christian Slater and Winona Ryder. That's he sneaks into her house. Yeah, through the window. Like, Dreadful etiquette. I'm sorry. Yeah, the whole thing. Oh, and she's writing in the diary. Yeah, she, she's writing that she wants to fucking kill Heather yes, in her diary. Yes, she's insane. She's like, fuck this bitch. Fuck that other bitch. Yep. And she's having her whole neurotic breakdown about wanting to kill these bitches. Mm-hmm. And Slater just walks into the window and I was like, "There's a croquette set out front. You, you want to play?" And they play yeah. strip croquette. Mm-hmm. End up banging. Yeah. That's the start of the relationship. I, I wish high school was like that. Right? You know, Never you could like just that. crawl up in women's windows and be like, hey, you want to come outside and bang? <laughs> like, no, it's not happening. Like, she met this guy like two days ago. Yeah, two days ago, and it now he's like, climbing in your window, which she has to bring a ladder for, yeah. by the way. Like, I, I didn't realize how creepy that was yeah. until I realized that he has a bike and he has to bring a ladder. And he, uh, like, I, uh, on the second viewing, I thought that he had to have been stalking her. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he had to just been stalking her. She just left the party and just got back. You know, he didn't go to the party. And as soon as she gets back, she's writing in a diary, perfect timing. Oh, she's back you yeah. know and then at a later point she uh, she goes to a gas station oh he's here too yeah you know it's like uh you might be getting stalked absolutely maybe. following her yeah. which i didn't catch until you just said it <laughs> yeah and now i'm moderately uncomfortable yeah. about <laughs> it. He, was, he was definitely <laughs> stalking that ass so oh oh and then an- another situation of um of her being stalked so um she she's with uh she's with one of the heathers and um what's what's the guy oh no no let's let's get back to um to the first death the first Heather, yeah. The, uh, Heather, um, uh, the first Heather. Like, the next morning, Heather's hungover because she was still at the party, whatever. Yeah. And then, like, Wynonna uh, and, and Christian Slater go over to her house, and it's like, well, she's got a hangover. Yeah. I want to make her throw up because she's a bitch. Yeah. And uh, they're f- trying to find, like, a thing to make her throw up. They got milk and orange milk juice. Milk and orange juice. Which, and have this, you ever had an orange Julius? Uh, which is, that's what it is, right? Yeah, it's milk and orange juice. Milk and orange juice. Yeah, like, well, how are you going to throw up off milk and orange juice? She's not very good at this. Like, what? <laughs> that's a goddamn orange Julius. Put some ice in there. It's like you just made her a breakfast orange Julius. <laughs> you know? Like, what? <laughs> trying to be a bitch. You made something I'll, I'll show her <laughs> orange Julius. <laughs> this delicious drink. <laughs> Yeah. And Christian later goes like, nah, let's go for the mod drainer. Let's yeah. make this bitch like fucking kill her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so like the, the whole time you, you can tell that Christian Slater knows exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's very manipulative and precise with what he says. Yes. He takes the, the drain cup instead of the drainer cup instead of the orange nope. Julius cake. Nope. Yeah, he did. Nope. 
that I'll watch, I'll watch it again because I was, I was analyzing, okay, this is what happened. So he pours, he pours the, uh, the Drano that's blue inside of a clear glass at first. Right, yeah, yeah. And then she was like, well, no, she's not going to drink that. She'll, she'll see what she's drinking. Mm-hmm. So then he pulls down a second cup that's, um, that's, that's not see through. Yeah, that's a, a mug. mug. He pours that into the mug. You see it fizzle for a little bit. Then she brings the orange Julius drink beside it. And then he's telling her, um, you know, it was like, oh, maybe we can hock a loogie inside of it. They try right. to hock a loogie. They can't get the loogie out. Which is such a funny scene for me. Like, yeah. it, it sticks on them for like 20 seconds trying to spit <laughs> this fucking loogie out. Nope, not happening. <laughs> so um, so then he talks to her for a minute and tries to convince her to go go through with it. And then he gives her a kiss. Right. And they, they have the kiss. And then it's closest, it gives a close-up of the cups. And she grabs the bad oh, cup. Her? Yeah, okay. she grabs the bad cup. And then she starts to walk off. And then um, she's like, are you coming? And then he's like, uh, he's like looking back and forth, like knowing that she took the poison. Okay. He was like, oh, well, I guess I'll just carry this one. And he takes the other <laughs> one. So when they get into the room, like he knows, like he knows that she's actually going to die. But it's kind of like a subconscious thing that I'm trying to connect with her throughout the movie right well th- he says it in the in like we're in the, in the car after the second killing where it's mm-hmm. like you believed it because you wanted to believe it yeah yeah because yeah. so. like th- at this point like she grabbed the cup but in her mind she can say i didn't grab that cup on purpose right. i meant for her to drink the orange julius bullshit and just throw up you know or or when they were in the woods when she shoots at the guy she she misses him completely and i think that was a purposeful thing you know subconsciously right, well not yeah. a purposeful thing you know but she subconsciously didn't want to kill a person so she missed him and when he got away or whatever in anyway Mm-hmm. But um, I, I was just trying to see if she was as much of an evil person as uh, JD was. As JD, yeah. I, I want to say no, at least not superficially. Mm. But she was definitely. I think I think there was a part of her that was. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I don't think she's cut free. No, the whole it, thing. That, yeah. that, that was that was my my um my one like real gripe mm-hmm. with the end of the movie is um you set up the circumstances and tied it up in a nice bow you know for the sake of the movie and right. not for the sake of a story because um, at the end, like she, she's killed the first Heather along with her with with JD. Mm-hmm. She's helped kill um, the two football the jobs. two football guys <laughs> <laughs> at the funeral. The dad is like, "My son's a homosexual, and I love him. I love my dead gay son." <laughs> and JJ, <Jay, Jay, laughs> oh shit, my headphones got unplugged. Sorry, uh, mine did too. Hold on. I love my gay, that son. Yeah, and then uh, JD is like, <laughs> I wonder how he'd react if his son had a limp wrist and a pulse. <laughs> you know? Like, if, if he was actually alive and gay, would you still be saying these same things about Probably your homosexual not. son? Not at all, you wouldn't. You know? Also, I like that they got buried with their helmets on. Yeah, full <laughs> so football stuff and everything. So, like, she she's participated in whether she knew the first Heather would die or not. Mm-hmm. Like, she said in writing that she wanted to kill her, but maybe she didn't want her to die right there. Right. But in being with JD, she knows that this isn't for play like right. we've already been pretending I was just joking with this making Heather die but Heather's actually dead yeah. you know so when it came to the point with the um, the two football jock guys and we got we got to that point from um like I said, the, the, back to the stalking thing. So Heather and um, and Veronica, they're off in the cow pasture doing their cow tipping, mm-hmm. you know, which is fucking fun. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they're they're cow tipping, and uh, Veronica, she's about to fuck one of the guys, and the other guys is trying to trying to get with Veronica, mm-hmm. and Veronica's like not having it. So. Heather's trying to fuck one of the guys, and the other just trying to get Veronica. You said Veronica twice. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 Heather is missing one of the guys, and Veronica is trying to get away from the other right. guy. So um, so they're all laying there in the mud, and Veronica's just standing there, like looking at it happen and then sure enough here comes JD over the hill like right. how the fuck do you even know where these people are right now like <laughs> clearly he's been stalking her everywhere that she goes yeah so, I, I was actually I watched a movie with Shay last night too mm-hmm. and like when he showed up, I was like what the fuck did he come from yeah. she's like I genuinely have no answer to yeah. that <laughs> like he's just been following her around everywhere 
So um so yeah, like that that happens. See um so they see each other right there, and then that's where they get this the thought of we should make these two assholes pay. You right. know, these two guys. Uh my favorite joke about about those two guys, uh, JD said, uh football season f- football season is over, Veronica. Kurt and Ram have nothing left to offer the school except date rape and AIDS jokes. <laughs> that's all they have to offer to the school is date rape and AIDS jokes. <laughs> that's a pretty great line. Christian Slater's dialogue is full of like those little Quirks and things. Yeah. I, I think my favorite line that he said is like I, bef- when he met Veronica at that the cow taping scene. Mm-hmm. He's just like, "Sorry, I feel a little superior today." It's just like, it's just like I don't know why that line made me laugh so yeah. much, but just the idea of feeling a little superior, superior. yeah, from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they they um, but yeah, they they go and and plan a curtain rams a death, mm-hmm. but but um, so. What was what's hard for me to to fathom what's going on in her brain because the first time when she was with JD and the poison, she was like, Okay, we're teenagers and we're just, you know, living in this fantasy world where she right. we're not really gonna kill her. Oh, well, another thing JD said after she died, it was like, oh, what are we gonna do to police? Fuck her if she can't take a joke. She's <laughs> 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 saying they're dead. Fuck it, if she can't take a joke, fuck it. <laughs> but um so so but she sees after that, like whether you're joking or not, that there's a dead person. So when you get involved with him again and you're Talking about the um, imaginary killing of Curtin Ram, right. you know this isn't imaginary land anymore. Right, she's just know? convincing herself that it is. Yeah, she, she was like, um, "Yeah, this is gonna be real weird with these uh, these blank bullets," yeah. because we've seen at the beginning of the movie with um, with JD not mm-hmm. being able to really um, stand up for himself verbally, um, that he pulls out a gun mm-hmm. and shoots blanks at uh, at two of the jocks. That right, are, that with are the same ones, Curtin Ram. Yeah, at yeah. them. So uh, so now she was like, well, yeah, they're going to be super scared with blanks again. And then he was like, no, we're not using blanks. He was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then she, he realizes that she's kind of scared about it. So then he was like, um, nope, actually, you know, my grandfather, he stole a bunch of these. So they're not like real bullets. Yeah, they're they pier- bullets. Yeah, they like pierce that. the skin. You bleed a little bit and it makes you look like you're unconscious and dead. You know, so she's like, oh, OK, all right. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll go along with that then. You know, it's just like you're not that naive. You right. Know? She, like, she wanted to believe it. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. I, I like to think Th- so. There was a. a Another thing that, oh, two two other things um, about the, um, like, the parents' relationship with kids that, why, why it was hard for me to understand um, the age of 17. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen, like, relationships like this in the 80s or in the 90s to where, um, like, the relationship that uh, that J.D. has with his father, mm-hmm. the dad the dad comes in and he's like, oh, hi, son. He was like, hi, dad. And they talk about, you know, they flip roles they flip or whatever. Roles, yeah. yeah. And it j- it's just kind of being more... Um, Which is a really, a really nice touch for, like, a character dynamic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed the oh, yeah. shit out of that. Yeah. It, re- it really put the... Um, and, and, and the same thing with the Winona Ryder and her father... Mm-hmm. While they're at dinner or lunch or whatever they're doing outside at a patio table, mm-hmm. and he's he's reading this um this like spy novel or something. He's like, "Why do I read this shit?" And she's like, "Because you're an idiot." He was, he was like, like, "Oh yeah, that's right." <laughs> and then later on in the movie, he's again he's smoking a cigarette. She's like, "Why do I smoke these things?" Like, "Oh, because you're an idiot." Oh, that's it. Yeah. Right. So you get to see the parents and the kids be more on an equal playing field. So it's like that's something that I was more ac- accustomed to from like the 80s and 90s, and I just had never seen anything like the age of 17 where it was just like. The kids were more powerful than the, the parents, parents. The dynamic, right. you yeah. know. But uh, but here here's the thing, and this is what now we should get into like the the social message of the movie yeah. by pointing that out. And and the reason I like this movie, apart from like the, the dark comedy mm-hmm. about you know people and the glorifying of everything that happens because it's a fad. Yeah. The fact that no one really cares about you, they're just kind of going along with the time trying to like boost their own popularity or yep. get like some weird super superficial angle or something that they want. Mm-hmm. And then but like the repetition of uh, of that conversation with the parents and the mom. 
uh, the dad and the mom. It happens twice, maybe three times in the movie. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, good, good pate, but I got a motor if I want to make it to this funeral. Yeah. That thing, like, they're saying that she doesn't have a relationship with her parents. Nope. Not really. Nope. It's all very superficial, Superfi- all yes. very shallow. Yep. Her parents are dry people. Yes. And, like, and that's part of the problem with her. Like, everyone mm-hmm. in this, in her world, every one of these people is a ch- shallow, superficial facade. Yeah. And, and that's why she's so willing to go to the slings with JD because she wants to get rid of that superficial facade. She wants a legitimate connection. She she wants something real. And it's like, you can see that with the the death of Heather and as much as she's like emotionally torn by it, um, she she just wants to experience something real. When she goes into the locker room the next Mm -hmm. day and Shannon Doherty, she's like, fuck all this bullshit. I want something real too. I'm actually going to eat and digest chicken. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like seriously, she's like, fuck it. It doesn't matter. I'm not about to sit here and live this facade of, you know, bulimia and anorexia. I'm just going to enjoy the chicken. Fuck it. Doesn't matter. Uh, has one of my favorite like sound design moments like I think of all time mm. just because it's so wrong and gross. Mm. She like eating the chicken and she throws the chicken mm. and you hear that fucking piece of chicken go like squish. Really? <laughs> it's just like oh, on goodness. the fucking. I didn't even floor. notice. I didn't notice. So fucking gross. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just throws it just like squish on the like fucking five feet behind. Oh wow. <laughs> Go on. I just wanted to point that out. I, I, I forgot where I was at. <laughs> that was like like the superficial like connections and, and yeah. stuff. Like like as soon as the the big Heather dies, yeah, you can sense the group is sort of like disbanding and they're having trying to yeah. get more genuine connections. Yeah. But then JD goes like, oh no, that's bullshit. Yep. Uh, I need to dial it back in and give someone else the power. Yeah. So to speak, in the situation. With that, the red uh, the red ribbon is just yeah. being placed from person to person, and they're they're slowly realizing that it really doesn't matter who you take down. Well, that's what. Run- one on the rider was right. realizing at the end it was like okay you can kill that heather you can kill both the jocks you can kill another heather but eventually somewhere on the pecking order is going to get to me right you know it's like eventually so it doesn't matter how many people are taken off the top this society this structure is what it is right it's set up for that kind of system yeah and like and 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 and, and the, the dark comedy the, the the surreal dialogue the sort of like like so the the, move, the comedy from the movie coming from, from for me comes from being in a social situation that's so absurd that no one would react the way that these characters are reacting. There, there, was, a, um, there was a line from JD that mm-hmm. hit home really hard. He said, uh, people will look at the ashes of Westerberg and say, now there's a school that self-destructed, not because society didn't care, but because the school was society. Right. You know, I was like, that speaks to the to the movie for me, like very head on with like, you can take the president down, you know, but then there's just going to be another president. Like right. the structure of the thing is what it is. You know, you can, it's just going to keep running as a machine. And that's also like, uh, the, the the school is a metaphor, mm-hmm. that, that too. Like he says it there pretty much, you just said it. But yeah. like, that the entire school, the entire movie, the school is a metaphor for like the real world, yeah. uh, so to speak. Yeah. And like, and, and, but the, the, the dialogue in this movie for me, is the best part. Like, yes, all the conversations that they have. Yeah. Because it definitely shows you how absurd everything that is happening. Like, at one point, uh, Veronica fakes her suicide mm-hmm. to know what JD is doing to the school. Yeah. Which he plans to blow up and, like, take everyone out with him. Yeah. And he had everyone sign a suicide note yep. in the guise of a petition to do something. Yeah. And so, like, everyone, uh, Veronica fakes her suicide. And mm-hmm. then she goes to school the next day to try to stop JD. Mm-hmm. 
because he's going to blow up the fucking school. And yeah. one of the teachers sees her and she goes like, oh, JD told me you killed yourself last night. Yeah. And I was just like, no. It's very casual. <laughs> yeah. I, like, oh, I heard you killed yourself last night. No, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and that speaks bouncing because no one really cares. Yeah. Like, no one in that school really cared about any of the suicides. Nope. It was all just a way to benefit from it yeah. somehow. There was there was the uh, the principal. He was like, uh, oh, uh, Heather killed herself. And it was like, yeah, they were thinking we should do a half day today. It was yeah. like, if I release everybody on a half day, the switchboards will be lighting up. And then it was like, uh, somebody said something about a cheerleader. It was like, oh, if it was a cheerleader, that, that you get a day I'm off. I'm going to go a half day. I'm going to go a half day. And then immediately we have a cut to like the, the, the chicken scene where she's eating the chicken. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, it's so unfair. It's just not just. We should have yeah. gotten a week off. And yeah. sort of like, your friend just died. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so like, there's the idea that no one really cares about nope. anybody else. Yeah, and like JD and Veronica are the only people that can see through that bullshit. Yeah, and that's and they hate the world so much that it's really teenage angst. Like all they have is teenage angst. There's a uh, there's a line that Veronica says. She's like, "Dear diary, dear diary, my teen angst bullshit now has a body count." <laughs> <laughs> my teen angst bullshit now no, has a body funny. count like yeah and like uh, it, it, I, I generally love this movie and I, mm. I and the reason why I think this movie belongs in a place like Criterion Collection like I wouldn't mind seeing this movie in a place like that mm. it's because of how accurate the satire is to like satire. what it like not only is it funny mm. but it's also like saying accurate stuff mm. and it's saying it in a way that's interesting and refreshing Compared to like, it's still a, it's a 1988 movie. It's, Society was entirely different back in 1988. Oh yeah, but to this day, it still feels relevant. It's it a does. movie that feels it relevant. Does. Yeah. The only reason that that keeps me away from like Criterion type type angles mm-hmm. is like the ending. Like I said, it's they they made it a movie movie rather than trying to push your message further. Like at the end, like she she like I said, she killed Heather. Mm-hmm. She participated in killing two other guys. She wrote a shitty note to Martha Dump Truck. Like she's done a lot of shitty things, and there's no um. Repercussions, repercussions for any of her right, actions yeah. like for JD like he has to die you know for all mm-hmm. the, the things that he does he's the villain and he dies for all of those things with her she gets a happy ending she right. makes she makes up to Martha and she goes on to live in the school and happily ever after as far as we know but it's just a false ending for me right but also she ends up taking the bow from the other Heather so she's like those yeah. are those a bit so I feel like she she actually ends up taking like doing what JD wanted mm-hmm. which is she takes the power of yeah. like the social status yeah but uh, uh, if the movie continued, it would be like, it would be, it would have been a different sort of social status. Yeah, she would she would have been a different person. She wouldn't have right. been she would have been nice to the nerds and the geeks and the jocks and everyone else. Right. You know, she would have been a different person. I agree in the happy ending stuff. Yeah. I, I agree that it's, it's weird that she didn't get any repercussions for yeah. it. But I feel like that also feeds into the tone of the movie. Mm. Like it, it didn't matter that she didn't get that. Like for me, it didn't bother me that she didn't get that she got that happy ending mm. because that doesn't matter for the scheme of the movie, in my opinion. For me. <sighs> Because for me, the movie wasn't necessarily about Winona's character. It was just about the, the social stance no, it that was. everyone was taking. It was 100% about the social stance. Right. Yeah. So, like, for, like, Winona was just an avatar for us to, like, infiltrate into that. I don't want, like, young women to see that avatar. Like, my daughter's, like, nine, and she mm-hmm. sees that. And she's like, well, I can just decide to shack up with a shitty guy, and then he'll take all the blame. And I'm a girl, so nothing bad will happen to me. Happy endings for me. Right, right. No, no. You know, I totally get like, it. Uh, totally get it. I don't like that ending message. It's like, yeah. if you, you do negative things, like, and you see that in television shows in movies like there's always repercussions for actions and right. she just suffers none yeah, yeah. I, I agree I totally agree but it didn't bother me in terms of quality because of like what the movie was saying mm. like I saying that none of it matters uh, everyone, everything's just a cycle and it's going to feed back into itself mm. more, more and over it's going to feed back into itself yeah. so like that's why it didn't bother me if she didn't get any repercussions because there was going to be someone else that was going to do the exact same thing and that was part of the message uh, for me in the movie you know I, I like the message I like yeah. the message 
but I, I agree. I, I think the ending could have been a bit better. Uh, the movie's not long at all. Hour and 48 40, minutes? Yeah, it's not long. 43, yeah. I, I enjoyed how short it was. The first time I watched it, I thought it felt like longer mm. uh, because I was trying to keep up with everything that was happening. But the yeah. second time, the pacing was actually totally fine. There was something that goes to your point about, um, like I said, loving the message. And JD, again, he was saying um, seven schools and seven states, and the only thing different is my locker combination. Right. You know, it's the same everywhere. It's not just the school, it's society as a whole. You know, you can take down one Heather, replace it with another Heather. It's the same thing. And he was just like, I, I want to get the fuck out. I would rather yeah. just kill everybody or kill myself and Heather was just like uh, why, why don't we just like get old and die <laughs> you know like earlier in the movie she's like we should just get old and die like fuck it you know yeah and and, and but to, to JD's sort of like like he was an anarchist mm. but he, he thought he was a rebel he really wasn't mm. he was just someone like trying to disrupt chaos he wasn't yeah. rebelling against any idea he yeah. was sort of a chaotic anarchist and like I, I, don't, I don't know I just feel like the movie for me the movie was fun it was entertaining it was funny it had mm. phrases like fucking me gently with a chainsaw yeah. and like all these like this ironic dialogue where like they're saying one thing and then but immediately take it back and say the other thing as if to like no like these are social situations that will never be any more meaningful that superficial yeah. because everyone takes everything at face value and immediately forgets about the last sentence that you said yep. and, and, and sort of like the way I grew up in school, I, I, I felt very isolated because of that, because superficial interactions for me are meaningless Yes. in a way. Uh, so, like, I, I understood a lot of that. It, it made me laugh because I, I was emotionally there with Veronica. Oh, yeah. I just didn't have a psychotic boyfriend. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, I related so much with the character of Veronica just because mm-hmm. she sees the social cliques. She mm-hmm. sees what banal bullshit they're doing, how mm-hmm. trivial it all is. And she wins out. She wants to be treated like a human being, mm-hmm. which is another line. It says, like, the mom says, it's just like, Teenagers that complain about not being treated like a human being don't really want to be treated like human beings. How, how do you think like adults or something like uh, adults behave like around other t- t- Teenagers that say they, they complain about wanting to be treated like a human beings usually are complaining because they are being treated right, like human beings. Right, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And I, I really love that line because it mm-hmm. really j- it just shows that she has no idea how the world works. Yes. No one has any idea how the world works. They're all trying to fucking figure it out. Mm. Uh, but no one knows. And sometimes that results in people uh, killing themselves and, and, and fucking... And, and the truth of the matter Suicide is... Suicide is, decision- is the most important decision a teenager can make. <laughs> she repeated that like three or four times, like the, the, the guidance counselor lady. Yeah. Suicide is the most important decision that a teenager can make. <laughs> Just like, I mean, you're not wrong. You got, you got to listen to that hit song on the radio right now. Suicide. Don't, Don't do, do it. it. <laughs> That's a hit song. Don't do, do it. Don't do it. They'll yeah. make it like, like it's, a, it's a huge fad. And, yeah. and, and I think... That's why I like the movie, because mm-hmm. it's very obviously someone that sees all the superficial bullshit yeah. and hates it, yeah. and just wants to you know, take the piss out of it, mm-hmm. and, I, and I enjoyed it. Christian Slater's character is honestly one of my favorite characters from a teen movie that really I've seen. Yes. Uh, he reminds me of Heath Ledger. He has a very yes. intense face, yeah. sort of the psychopathic voice. I thought it was sexy. Mm-hmm. Wynonna Ryder is amazing. Uh, as I, uh, overall, I think it's just a, a very, very, very good movie yeah. that, in my opinion, has... A place in, 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 in with criticism with critics yes, with as critics. regarded as like a Criterion collection. Can't in be my criterion. opinion. I mean, just because of what the criterion, like, I don't want to pull up, like, it has to meet these standards, and it just right, right, doesn't right. meet those standards. I mean, I guess if we say, like, it can, criterion should bend their standards to allow more different type of movies, yeah, in, yeah. maybe? Okay. That's what I'm saying. That, the, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't necessarily think this movie belongs in the current standard of criterion, okay. but I think that criterion collection should allow mm. these type of movies into their ranks a lot okay. more. 
because it, they're refreshing. Yeah. They're saying something important. Mm. And, and they're technically well made. I mean, the cinematography for this movie was gorgeous. Yes. Uh, the singles are my favorite part. Every time there was a single, it just looked sexy. It yeah. just looked good. Yeah. Uh, the the confrontations all had like very tense sort of look to them. Like when when JD shoots blanks at Ram and yeah. this other cock. Yeah. Uh, it it all just looked very pretty. Yeah. And I and I I think it's a very technically well made movie. It is very well edited. The cuts are fantastic every oh, time. Yeah. The cuts are late like ladled with irony mm-hmm. in them. Like someone says something and then immediately cut to them doing the opposite thing. Yeah. And that's amazing to me. And I love that. So I definitely think that this movie belongs in the high regard that critics have it. Mm. And I wish that uh, and just to continue the conversation about criteria, I really do wish that the standard of criterion was a little bit um, open to to movies that are that that are not the pseudo philosophical, mm. faffy, dreamlike thing, you know. Pseudo philosophical. Pseudo A lot of them are. A lot of them are pseudo philosophical. I disagree. Yeah. I mean, but like you, you don't like the like uh, abstract though. So it's like it's hard to to like explain. It's kind of like if you put one thing up and it's like a Mona Lisa, and you be like, I can describe why that's beautiful. Right. And then I put another picture up by Rembrandt, and I can't describe what I'm feeling with this picture. And we're both looking at the same thing, and you're like, Tell me why this is good. I'm like, I can't. Because you know what I'm saying? Because it's gonna be mean something different to you than it means to me. Right. And there's a subjectivity to what I'm saying. Yeah. Absolutely for sure. Yeah. Um but like it it it's said, like if I'm looking at a Jackson Pollock painting, mm. I can't really tell you why I like a Jackson Pollock painting. Yeah. Um but I appreciate I know that there's something there that's to be appreciated. Mm. I just wish that there was more room to appreciate the the realism. Uh, okay. the realism movement. You know what I'm saying? All right. Uh that I think that's what it comes down to. I don't hate criteria movies, I just wish there was more room for these type of movies in that in that in that realm. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it's a perfect movie. Well, we, not a perfect movie. I think it's a great movie. Yeah, it's really, really Sorry. good. Really good. <laughs> I meant to say perfectly fine movie. Yeah, it is. That's what I meant yeah. to say. Uh, what would you rate it? Um, let's see. I seen it as a kid. It's held up. Um, uh, eight point two. Eight point two. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna give it an eight. So yeah. we're pretty, we're pretty close to it. Hell yeah. Uh, absolutely, watch it if you haven't seen it. It took me. It took uh, my teacher, Miss Baker. It took her like seven weeks to t- like convince me to watch this movie because I have this thing about when people recommend me shit. I mean, I, I, no, you don't even remember that I recommended it to you over a year ago. Did you? I yeah, because you didn't you didn't know who Winona Ryder was, and I was like, she was in Cruel. A, a girl interrupted you was like, I haven't seen that. I was like, she was in Heather. She was like, never heard of that. And I was like, well, watch those movies. And I fi- I got you to watch. Uh, uh, what was it? A girl, girl interrupted. interrupted because it was on the podcast. Yeah. And we we're like, you chose Heather just on your own. So I was like, Does, did you remember? Like I subconsciously? No I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nope. Completely Blew that off. I All just right. like the movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, absolutely watch it. I think there's a lot to learn about how to make weird dialogue oh, look yeah. very realistic and and sort of feel. And I think the dialogue in this movie is like the uh, this is what this dialogue feels like rather than when it's literally saying mm. a lot of what it feels. And, and I appreciate that in writing. It's one of the best dialogue movies that I've seen uh, recently over the past few months. For sure. Like it, it reminded me of uh, like how um, movies uh, jump piggybacked off of this. If mm. you ever seen Mean Girls. Clear piggyback. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Mingus like is completely inspired yeah. by Heather's. And um, there's a, there's another movie from the '90s called Clueless. It's not it's not in the same vein of like a Mean Girls and a Heather's, but you got you can kind of see the teenage jargon of, right. of the time. So I mean, it, you can kind of see how Heather's just sprung board a lot of movies. So I mean, it's it's a, it's a classic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I think that's it. We're gonna cut, and then we're gonna go with television and movie. And welcome back. Uh, television and movie premiere. Yay. Do you think, Chris? What, what episode? Is this 81? 82. 82. Yeah, 82. We've been around a little while. 
Yeah, we, we have. It's yeah. kind of bizarre. Yeah. Isn't it? I didn't, How when bizarre? We, when we, <laughs> How when bizarre? we started the podcast, I didn't think we'd make it oh, I did. super far. Yeah. Uh, because I've been used to people like fucking me mm-hmm. before. And I'm, I'm really glad that we haven't, you know, fucked each other quite that way. I mean, not that way we yeah. haven't. But. Yeah, no, we totally. <laughs> What's the gay implied? Yeah. I don't know if they, they got it. It absolutely that. was. Okay, yeah, all right, all right, all right. Totally. <laughs> the implication was like dick and mouth. But we've been having gay sex. The whole shebang. Yes, through, through, was a, throughout the podcast. Yes. All right. A year so and a half, that. 82 episodes of just like blowing each other after the podcast. <laughs> we do figuratively do that though, like after the podcast. But like, we did great this episode. This was awesome. This is the best shit ever. But, but it's always true text. We never yeah. do it in life. It was like yeah. an hour after the podcast. Yep. Like, Fuck yeah, we rocked that we shit. Start sucking our own dicks. <laughs> it's like, got them right. But yeah, um, I, I was just stalling because this is like the shortest uh, television and movie premiere week in the history of life. Like literally, um, well not literally nothing, but almost. Almost nothing uh, is coming on this week. I almost spit water all over my microphone. <laughs> spit take. <laughs> uh, but um, this week in television, the movie premiere is starting uh, Tuesday, August the 22nd through Monday, August the 28th. Uh, the first show is Friday, August the 25th, uh, Death Note. The, fuck yeah, the Netflix version? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. First of all, it's set in Seattle. The, is yes. it the Japanese or the American one? Uh, it says set in Seattle. Set in Seattle, so it's the American one. The Japanese are also making an original live action Death Note. They, um, the rundown on it says uh, Adam Wingard directed a film, a rare big budget offering from Netflix, which spent an estimated $50 million, is a live action English language take on the popular Japanese manga series about a high schooler who obtains a book that gives him the power to kill anyone yep. with the action relocated to Seattle. Right. Uh, the, the anime and the manga were amazing. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do in Seattle. Mm. I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of, uh, of this story in particular, and it's weird because relocating in Seattle means that all the cultural significance that this Japanese thing has mm. is kind of gone. Because Shinigami, first of all, are Japanese cultural thing. They're death gods. Okay. But uh, the concept of a Shinigami is, is purely Japanese in the way that they're presenting it. I mean, they, they got Asians in Seattle, though. They do. They got they, a shitload of Asians. They got, they got some Asians. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? So, like, it's just been interesting to see how it translates because, like, the... The themes in the in the in the in the manga are definitely like Japanese culture, yeah. like like honor and like pride and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see how it translates into the oh Netflix into like version. the American ideologies. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. And and that's always that's always a really weird thing that happens because when we got anime like Boku no Hero and mm-hmm. then we translated it to English, yeah. A lot of that a lot of that translation is like how do we make this culturally relevant mm-hmm. with the translation? Yeah. Uh, but when you're remaking a thing that's entirely ingrained in Japanese culture and you're bringing it to American culture, mm-hmm. that's a very interesting thought experiment and i want to see this one compared to the japanese one that's coming out hmm. which is also a live action reimagining of death note but it's in japanese huh. so it, it'll be it'll be an interesting thought experiment for film and like what it means to do is and like l the the main antagonist is is black now hmm. uh which no one saw coming and i'm actually super excited to see like how they handle like black characters mm-hmm. in this context and people of color in this context and minorities huh. it should be it should be a fun watch like I, I didn't. I didn't think anything of this besides the fact that I seen that Netflix spent fifty million dollars. Yeah, it's expensive as shit. Yeah. A lot of CGI. Yeah, so it was like fifty million dollars. I'll, I'll check it out. And Netflix has a track record of fucking up every time they spend sixty or fifty million dollars. I only. I don't have a lot of examples. I only have the one. But I mean, they they did it with um with. Uh, well, they Brad did it Pitt. with Brad Pitt, and now they're doing it with Will Smith. I don't and know. They haven't fucked that up yet. That, well, uh, it hasn't came true. out. Not true. 
I thought it had. I no. thought it had to come out already. That's called Bright. Um, it's, it'll be a television series, but um, I'm interested in it. But if, 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 if they, they can only fuck up $50 million so many times before That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, they can only do it once or twice before people go like, Yeah. So it's like this. This right here has to be a hit. The Will Smith thing has to be a hit. Uh, they gave someone else fifty some odd million dollars, another actor to to do an original movie for him too. Huh. So I mean, they they're going to have to recoup some of this money. Yeah, they're spending a lot of money, and I hope that some of it works out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's uh, that's Death Note. It's a thriller on Netflix this Friday, August the twenty fifth. Uh, the next thing is going to be the same day. It's called Disjointed. It's a comedy on Netflix. Uh, the latest sitcom from Chuck Lorre stars Kathy Bates as the owner of a Los Angeles cannabis dispensary. I watched the um, I watched Kathy the Bates. Kathy Bates. Um, I know I know her name, but I can't think of her face. I'm trying to. She was in. She's. She was in a really big movie, and I'm. People are yelling at their uh, their radios right now because I'm not telling them the exact. Like, you don't know who fucking Kathy Bates is. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I know. I know she sounds familiar. Uh, she Bates. was in American Horror Story, the movie Misery. Um, I'll look her up after. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she she's a she's a she's a big time order order lady actress. Mm-hmm. You you know her face. I assume. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know who she is. Yeah. But um, but yeah, she's in it. I watched a trailer for the show, and it looks shit. It looks absolute shit. But it's like it's about a cannabis dispensary, and they're like selling weed, and they're trying to be become like the Walmart of cannabis dispensaries. Cause huh. it, yeah, because it's like, well, all of these uh, cannabis dispensaries are popping up everywhere along the West Coast. You know, little mom and pop ones, you know, here and there and stuff. And it was like, why don't we just make? you know, the big one, you know, like equivalent to like the Walmart or the target of the cannabis dispensary because right. somebody's eventually going to do that, you know? So like, I like the story behind it, but it just seems very silly and not good. It, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it'll yeah. be good, but maybe. I don't know. That's how, You know that, that um, atypical show that we talked about last a couple episodes ago? You might have brought it up. I don't, I, I, I haven't yeah. watched it though. Came out uh, and I haven't watched it. I'm going to give it a go, mm. but I've been hearing a lot of that. It's just a lot of like, they tried. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like like people that want to make the story like that that has a premise. It's kind of like yeah. this person's not normal, or this person are doing a crazy thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time has a a lot of bad quality yeah. attached to it, which yeah. kind of sucks. But you know, the uh, but that's that was completely it for television. Really? God damn. That was it. Well, for I'm gonna bring week. I'm gonna bring one up. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know when it comes out, but I'm gonna keep it on the lookout. Okay. Uh, it's Peter Dinklage, uh, the last movie that Alton Jokin. The, the guy from from Star Trek that died recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a movie with him, Peter Dinklage, I think. It's called Rememory. Rememory? Rememory. Okay. Uh, and it's about them taking memories out of your brain and, like, storing them physically so you can rewatch them on screen, hmm. like on a screen. And uh, it looks conceptually oh, it's, interesting. It's coming out on Google Play. On Google Play, yeah. It's going to be Google Play on my birthday, August the 24th. Nice. Uh, I, I, that movie looks interesting, and I, and I want to sort of... Give it a throw out there because it's one of those movies that probably won't get watched an amazing amount. Uh, it's it's getting very um, mixed reviews. Yeah, very mixed reviews. IMDb has it at an eight point seven. Rotten Tomatoes has it at seventeen. Really? What the fuck? Yeah, it's like very mixed reviews. Huh? That's interesting. I I, I want to see it now. I like when a movie has mixed reviews because it's just like, oh, I gotta see what the fuck's going on. I mean, usually that I feel like that'll be like Suicide Squad. There's yeah. a mixed reviews. You'll be like, yeah, this movie is great. It's the best thing that ever happened. Like, no, this is trash. You know, and it's it's somewhere in between. You yeah. know, so like that's probably what this is. It's somewhere in between. It's definitely not trash, but it's probably not 87 either. So it's Peter Dinklage. I'll give it a try. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why I want to bring it up. It's, it's yeah. Dinklage. Yeah. And it's science fiction. Like science fiction is dope. Yeah. You know? But yeah, that's that's all for television. Uh, movies. There's one movie coming out. Really? Like this is this is like the most shit week for entertainment. 
God damn. Like one movie. And I don't even know this movie, man. I don't even know the people in this movie. Wait, so, okay. Not only was there like, it's not like there was like five movies that mm-hmm. you had to pick and one of them sounded interesting. No. And it was just like there was one movie coming out. No, there were, there, were, there were three movies and they were all foreign films that I had no idea what those <laughs> were. And this was the only one that was getting a wide release throughout America mm-hmm. that was all in English, like English names or whatever. And I still have never heard of any of these people. <laughs> never heard of this. But um, it's, uh, it's called All Saints. It's a PG movie with a 108-minute runtime listed as a drama. All Saints is based on the inspiring true story of a salesman turned pastor. Uh, the tiny church he was ordered to shut down and a group of refugees from South, Southeast Asia. Together, they risk everything to plant seeds for a future that might just save them all. Uh, director Steve Gomer stars Kara Buono and John Corbett, Barry Corbin, and David Keith. I've heard... Of exactly none of those people. No, yeah. nope, nope. Kara, it's not the same Kara that was in House of Cards, right? And then Fan nope. Forstek? Nope. No, no. Then yeah, I've, never, I've heard of none of those people. It, I, my, 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 my skin shivers every time you say Forstek. Fan Forstek? It's not does right. It make you uncomfortable? It does. Good. It's got them Fantastic <laughs> Four. But it's, it's, it's the best. You know, no, we're not talking about that today. No, it's, it's, sure? it's, it's not sure? about. We, we got, we got, we got we a couple got minutes. Se- we, we got six minutes. <laughs> It was just so good. Like Fantastic Four, it was like, all right, this is the only group of superheroes who are nothing without the sum of their collective parts. Right. You know, you can't you can't take fucking Invisible Woman and decide to go fight Wolverine. You can't take what's the name, um, uh, Mr. Stretch Guy, and think that he's gonna go beat up your damn Cyclops. You said Mr. Stretch Guy. His yeah. name is literally Mr. Fantastic. No, I, I know <laughs> okay. the, the people. These are my favorite people. But it's like I'm describing it to people as they would be listening to it. Invisible person, Mr. Stretch Guy, Fire person, you know, Rock Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know his name is The Thing and Johnny the Human Torch and Sue like I know their name but yeah so yeah, Mr. Mr. Stretch Guy is not gonna be able to go out and, and beat up Cyclops it's not gonna happen but like with the sum of all of their parts together as a team they can go and beat fucking Galactus and beat anything inside the universe you know and that's the only real story that we have like that right. with, with yeah, X-Men it's like family's power yeah you can take any individual out of the X-Men or the uh, the Avengers, any person that they're a standalone hero. None of the people in the Fantastic Four are standalone heroes. No, they're not. You know, like you need that story of them fighting together. And I hope we get something like that more in the future. You I know? hope so too. I think I think the Fantastic Four are like excellent characters. Mm-hmm. I just think they've been handled completely. Yes, shitty. trash. It's yeah. been, those movies aren't good. No, they're not. No. <laughs> the Jessica Alba was a, the Jessica Alba one was the closest thing to like a good the first Fantastic one? Four. Yeah. The first one was alright. Yeah. yeah. Uh, man, I, I, I get it, but it's fine for stick. It doesn't make sense. I imagine, I imagine mm. fucking like a super villain, like robbing a bank or something, and then mm. like Mr. Fantastic shows up. It's like, ah, fuck, it's a Mr. Stretchy guy. Mm, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like, I, I just, I want the, um, I don't know, it's something that society could really use right now. Mm. I mean, it's, even, even at the time when the, the cartoon was made in the 60s, it was showing that, you know, the unity and coming together and that's something that i want with uh, in the superhero genre you know showing that you can you can think that you can do everything on your own you know but eventually everybody has to come together and for one collective effort to do something right. and that's what we're looking at in the united states within the entire world like we're not going to be able to solve shit by ourselves no. you know but it's interesting together, that like in the united states we need that core value i think ingrained back in movies because a lot of the movies have that idea of like like a fucking lone wolf yeah. Type thing. Yeah. Um, but in, in other cultures like Japan, like the, the entirety of Dragon Ball Z and the entirety of Naruto and the entirety of One Piece, 
and even Boku no Hero all have that idea of just like work together to yeah. like defeat the greater baddie thing that yeah. comes out. So like it's it's fun. I love that it, that in other cultures they kind of got a good grasp on that shit. Yeah, and America's just kind of like melting pot. Fuck that. Yeah, this <laughs> is like, what? what? Yeah, <laughs> you started this shit. It was you. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> it's a wild place. It it really is a, a wild place. But like you know you know you were right. This was an absolute trash week for yes releases. for television and movies. It's just garbage. yeah yeah. I mean, go watch uh, Star Trek Next Generation on Netflix if, yeah, you, if you get bored, I guess. Watch Preacher. Sure. Preacher sure was a Preacher. good show. Yeah. Uh, I think that the next one I'm going to give it a go is going to be... Uh, what was the, 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 the one with Louis C.K. and Galifianakis? Was that... Uh, uh, that's uh, uh, produced by... Uh, it's called Baskets. It's a Baskets. That's yeah. the next one I'm going to watch. Yeah. That's on my Hulu watch Don't do list. that. Is it bad? It's not bad, but I don't think you'll get into it. Probably not. It's I'd like I said, it's, it's an artsy show. It's artsy. Like, it's funny, but it's, like, not in-your-face funny. It's very artsy. Like, Zach Galifianakis is the least funny that mm-hmm. you've ever seen him ever. Right. Because he's not trying to make you laugh. He's a sad clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know? So it's like he's depressed the whole time. So, like, any kind of joy that you're going to get out of the, the television show is at his expense right. of being a sad clown. But, uh, <laughs> you know? And that, that's interesting. I, I watch uh, Horace and Pete. I watched the first yeah. 20 minutes of Horace and Pete. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, I yeah. recognize how, like, pretty it looks and how, like, gorgeous it is. Yeah. Fucking bun me immediately. I remember. Out. I remember. Immediate. Did I tell you about that? I thought I told Sage. No, that was me. No, it was you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking bum me out immediately. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we, we can I can make that work. Okay. But yeah, I've been getting more into television lately, which I'm, nice. I'm kind of kind of intrigued. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm not still not gonna watch Game of Thrones probably, but I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's like um I mean like what there's there's I mean there's so many television shows yeah. out there. It's like if you if you've only seen like like 10 series from beginning to the end, there's still like another 20 that are out there that are better than Game of Thrones in the, hist- in the history of life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like There's a lot of shows out there. So it's like once you've seen every show that's better than Game of Thrones, then you probably got to watch Game of Thrones at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll get around to it eventually. You know. No. no. <laughs> or not. Or not. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. This has been for today's episode. You can find us on Twitter at underscore FFS podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the FFS Podcast, and mm. you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and iTunes Podcast app under the name for film's sake. My personal Twitter handle is uh, at Brian Archija, and Chris? T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. And uh, that's it for today's episode. Uh, absolutely watch Shutters if you haven't. It's a classic, and it's a great film. So uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next episode. Bye.